0: unarmored talk podcast episode 23 resiliency saved me during adversities the journey with today's guest john krupsky and please remember to subscribe to my youtube channel at mario p fields youtube to watch this episode and don't forget to leave a rating and review on the unarmored talk page on apple podcast ladies and gentlemen welcome to unarmed talk podcast where we will have real life conversations that helps you develop an accurate way of thinking and where we're going to do this is by gaining a better understanding of how feelings emotions and thoughts can influence the outcome of a personal or professional challenge i'm your host mario p fields and today's guest is john krupsky he is the founding director of the institute for applied decisional science he's a business owner keynote speaker author, facilitator, and executive coach, and he's a global inspirational speaker. John, welcome to Unarmored Talk podcast. I am so happy to be
1: here for all
0: of the reasons you just stated,
1: and especially because you're the guy here. It's a pleasure (laughs) to be with you.
0: (laughs) Thank you, John. I still remember the first time we met. I was so inspired because, you know, just that the very thoughtful and accurate conversation you and I had. I said, no matter what happens, I love John and he'll <laughs> always be my friend, r- r- whether he wants to or not.
1: <laughs> well, the feeling is mutual, but I guess we, we ought to get onto the podcast because we, we're going to have a love
0: fest going here,
1: which That's is fine. okay by me. But
0: That, that is fine. It's on Armour Talk, man. It's on <laughs> talk. Talk. Uh, so, so tell a little of, of viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself, John.
1: Well, Uh, where do I begin? Um, So I am an immigrant to America. Um, I was actually an immigrant to Argentina. Before that, I was born in Argentina. My parents um, had a very uh, interesting set of circumstances beginning with 1939. Uh, My mother ended up a slave laborer working for the Nazis. My father spent five years in the German POW camp, um, they ended up uh, in the British army, which is another story altogether. I eventually landed in Argentina where we were doing okay. And then uh, back on, I, some, some people might know Evita, you know, the, the, the play Evita. Well, uh, I was there through all of that. So I'm probably one of the few people in a room at any given time who's been through a revolution. And uh, my father left there with penniless for the third time starting his life. Um, Came to America and we ended up living in a. you know You you look at me and you say white privilege white guy. Well, I ended up living in a ghetto in Jersey City Where there was literally dog feces in the hallway. I'm not exaggerating Um, We we lived in, you know, pretty miserable circumstances Uh, Rough neighborhood rough 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 neighborhood. Uh, My mother was mugged more than once and so so I may look like a happy jolly guy, but um, my family and and before that my country Um, Has has suffered through an awful lot and come out on top all the time There's one thing about polish people that you need to know know, the subject here is going to be resiliency So it is said that a pole is born with a sword in one hand and a brick in the other And if that doesn't tell the whole story of resiliency, then I don't know what does
0: You no, know, John. Whoa, wow. Well, you know what? This is unarmored talk. Let's jump right into the topic. Yeah, so you, sure. You, know, you, you, you mentioned resili- resiliency. Yeah. Um, h- how did that impact your journey, decisions, behaviors? Talk, talk to us about that word and what that means during your journey. Well- well, the first
1: thing, I'm getting a little, little academic for a moment. So to me, there are three ways that people talk about this thing. They use three different words, right? So one of the words is resilient, which is an adjective. That's just describe someone who it has resiliency, right? I guess maybe. Um, there's resilience, which is um, except, essentially it's, it's a thing. You know, it's like a thing. The part that really intrigues me is, is what I call resiliency. It's an action. It's actually something that needs to be, you know, there's, there's no such thing as passive resiliency. It doesn't happen. It just can't happen, right? So I, I think that, you know, I'm going to say this first and then get into how it saved me all along. Yeah. Is So I'm looking at resiliency. And I'm thinking, what is it? Because I've I've looked back on all of this stuff. And and basically, there are three dimensions of resiliency. The first is an attitude. And an attitude is the key critical thing. Because if you feel you're whooped, you're whooped. It's over. It's as simple as that.
0: You know, whatever you see will be. Ultimately. I, I like that because I, I know I'm short, but I don't feel I'm short. So no, thanks. Absolutely. Like <laughs> it's, no, exactly. Well, well, that's
1: part of it is, you know, your attitude, your attitude <laughs> defines your reality. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the things about being Polish, is, I said, Polish was wiped off the face of the earth by its enemies from ni- seven, 1772 to 1918. And then we were up for a few years and then the Nazis came in and then the Russians came in. But through all that time the motto of the country is Poland lives as so long as we are alive. Right. And that's an attitude. So no matter how terrible, horrible, you know, the, demolishing the, the reality is, if you filter it through the, hey, we're here, we're fine, in spite of what anybody else may see from the outside. So attitude, number one, right? The next thing is Attention. You have to pay attention. And by attention, I mean you have to read your circumstances. It's like I I believe that animals are prey or predators based on the way they attend to things. Mm -hmm. So prey doesn't really pay much attention to what's going on. Right? They're they're sitting there, grass looks good. The savannah looks big, big, juicy. Because right? they weren't paying attention, right? right, right. You got to pay attention. Now, humans are capable of that, but we, we, we get distracted so easily. So, you know, attitude, that sets the piece and basically defines the reality that you're really dealing with. So it's not a threat anymore. Threats get you scared, you know? If you, if you feel scared... Um, if you feel threatened, you feel scared. And, and I, I kind of believe that fear is not a productive emotion. It's just not. So you pay attention. You, you are aware there are threats. You have to do something about that. And then the last step is, is that you really have to take action. You know, re- resiliency doesn't come from thinking about it. Doesn't come from talking about it. Doesn't think doesn't come from, you know, knowing about it. You actually have to do something. And I'll give you an example of that so here i am um seven years old i land in america it's an alien i don't speak american english i speak polish and some spanish and right that's so, you, so you come to america and you can't, can't even speak any i know english right I'm, i ended up in a polish community so some of that got but I, I i didn't speak english at all and and i'm a nice decent kid i think you'll you'll well, agree to that at least. And and here I am in is essentially which is a very, 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 very confrontational universe. I mean, you know, we we had racial tensions. This is Jersey City. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to underline we had racial tensions, but also we didn't like the Italians, the Irish didn't like us. So there's all this animosity, right? So I look at myself one day, and again, you know, I I'm looking, I'm paying attention, I'm paying attention what attention is going on. And I realize that people like me are looked at as prey, basically, right? By Bullies and, and whatnot. So these are the kind of people that would look at me and say, ah, you don't speak, you know, English So you must be stupid, right. you know, you're, you're from another country So all the all, all the things stacked against you So I was paying attention to the circumstances and, and then I decided that I ought to take some kind of action So how do you keep yourself at the age of seven from being not only the brunt of jokes but potentially the brunt of physical violence this was this was the world where that was okay you know this is not the politically correct world we live in If somebody decides to beat you up they beat you up you complain to somebody and they said well you know you gotta take care of that that's that was the world we live in so here i am seven years old alien i'm an alien right and um i came to a conclusion i looked around i saw how things were done and i came to the conclusion that what i really needed to do the action that i needed to take was i needed to go to the toughest kid in the school and I needed to say to him, and I did. I said, "I have to fight you." And he looked at me like, you know, what, what are you talking about? I'll wipe the floor with you. you know, he, why would you want? I have. I got nothing against you. Hey, I got no gripe.
0: Right. I'm not, saying no, no. How physically, How what was the difference in the physical stature? Oh, this
1: guy, was, this guy was your typical toughest kid in the school. I mean, he, I mean, he, he was big. He was, he was big. He was strong. He, he, he was in fights regularly. I, <laughs> I never had a fight. I mean, I never had to fight anybody. Yeah. Um, but I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. So he looks at me and says, you know, I don't, i got no problem with you. Um, and I said, yeah, I understand that, but, but we still have to fight. <laughs> so I'm not there. and he was probably i don't know I, if i was seven he was probably 12 so he's you know older bigger stronger all those things uh, we need to fight i said and I, I saw something in his eyes I, I realized that he suddenly perceived what i was doing and he got what he was he says well all right you know and, and behind the trestle and after school okay um, and we did. So I went, showed up. Um, I put up as good a fight as I could. Clearly, I was going to lose from day one. Because I did not know any Marine Corps judo or did, did, I, did I have my you know, K-bar knife. I didn't have anything. I just, I just, you know. and, and, he, and he did pound me a bit. But he was easy on me. I felt it even as he was doing it because <laughs> he understood what was happening. And I'll tell right. you in a moment what that was. So the net result, what's the net result? two things happened um exactly as i had calculated right (laughs) exactly as i had calculated number one most people said don't mess with kropsky because he's nuts he's out of his mind i mean he went to the (laughs) he called out the toughest guy in the neighborhood don't mess with him. he's crazy right number two the guy who i had asked called out quote unquote I put out the word basically, you screw with Krubsky, you screw with me
0: because
1: mm. he got he understood, kind of choke up on it. He understood the courage that I had in taking the action that I took right. because I needed not to have another fight. So I just had one. I told you, it's, it's like you take the toughest fight you can possibly pick, tackle that, and after that, everything else is downhill. So I, by the way, since that time, I have never in my life had had another fight with anybody. And I developed this aura. I guess it's probably the best way to call call it is an aura. I could go through at four o'clock in the morning. I could go in the toughest parts of Jersey City and nobody would bother me. My brother at one point said, it's it's like you got this, this, this protective cone around you. And, and it's like a death cone, because he, he said he felt it once. He said, it's not like I, I'm, I'm not walking around with bravado going, you know, uh, you mess with me, and I'll, you know, uh, you, wish, you wish you hadn't. It was just these cold, dark, dead eyes that I eventually affected. And people who really, you know, would have done me harm just kind of took as like, one of those that then I'll give you, oh, I don't think I want to go with this guy. I don't think I want to mess with this guy. And right. so, you know, for most of my life, I'm sorry, I'm gonna take that off. No, that's, so for the, most bully, of my that's life, the bully from high uh, from your school calling. That's the bully. He's calling in. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Yeah, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And that beat me up too bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So so the bottom line is okay, so attitude. My attitude was okay, I'm going to get really messed up. I'm in an alien place. Uh I am alone because my parents had the you know, my parents had their hands full with stuff that I'm gonna be walking around taking care of me. Um, so that's the, the the attitude was I'm going to be okay. Now, if I'm going to be okay, what do I need to know? That's the attention. Right. Pay attention, pay attention to what's going on. And then finally you take the action because I could have been sitting there thinking about this for a long time. In the meantime, somebody might have called me out and beat me up, right? So you have to take action ultimately. And that's kind of what's happened to me throughout most of my life I've uh, been an entrepreneur, being um, a serial entrepreneur, a multi-serial entrepreneur. And that's really, I get bored. I get bored very easily. So I go into something, I learn it, I get it, I want to move on to the next thing. So I've been into corporate jobs and I've been out of them. So, you know, one of the interesting things about the resiliency thing, think about the the little guy taking on the bully in order to figure out how to get through and go to the next level. Right. That's me and and that's a skill that I've developed that I've Applied and work, because I don't mind going out and starting. You know, people, that, especially in a pandemic, people are oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Okay, so I might I look at my Polishness, and I'm going to say, in the end, it's going to be fine right, if you just hang in. Um, you you have to be taking all the steps that we just talked about, and if you do, you will be fine, because as you as as you observed you've changed the nature of the circumstances, they're not desperate anymore. You know, if you, if you begin to let, your feel, let yourself feel desperate, you will be desperate, and all the energy will go there. Resiliency really comes down to deciding, okay, you have a limited amount of, let's call it power, right? Let's just use the word power for a minute. Right. If you dissipate it, being fearful, being worried, being you know sick, being all of these things, then you don't have anywhere to do that. Uh, and, and you don't have the power to put it. It's like firepower. There you go. It's, it's like firepower, right? The, the secrets to winning a fight is putting the firepower all in one place, baby, right? All in one place right now. That's the place. Because when you knock down that enemy, then you can move on to the next one but if you're just spraying everybody all the time, nobody's getting hit and, you know, basic principle rifleman, right? You you know,
0: and and John, John, quick question. So, so, I mean that, that I, I I love the concept, you know, the way you laid it out It's you know, it's very easy to follow, you know, again, this podcast is to help folks develop an accurate way of thinking. And I, and I believe that concept of, Hey, attitude first, you could see it. Like I could see it attitude check, you know, what, Right. Evaluate your attitude, and then go into paying attention of your surroundings. And you know, in the military, we're, we we practice that every day. Yeah, we, we yeah. call it situational awareness. But but I like right. that. And then and then the action portion. You know, you have to step. Did you learn that, or uh, did someone teach you that? How How did you develop that thinking concept, if you will?
1: Um. So so here's, there's a couple of answers to that question. Okay. The most right. fundamental one is I am a student of history. I, I, I can honestly say I love history. I get excited by history, um, you know, and especially if, you, you know, if I told you a little bit about my Polish history, right? So if I study Polish history
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I really understand what that means, right? You're a military man. Poland, the Polish resistance during World War II kept 500,000 German soldiers locked down in Poland, because every time they moved, somebody would throw a grenade. Right. <laughs> Everything was. Some- we were not afraid of the reprisals, and they were. Pen- there were plenty. There were plenty. Right? Poles could be sh- shot at will, just like you know, like like animals. Right. But we fought them, and so five hundred. Think about this for a second. There were probably seven million active German soldiers at any one time during the war. Right, half a million were sitting around in Poland. They couldn't be on any front. Right? So, how uh, you know, Poland survived because we just are going to fight so anyway so, so back to your thing so I, by studying history by understanding what history means i started to kind of um not so much reason this that's that wouldn't be right right yeah. started getting infected by this it's kind of like after a while you see the pattern right like i said fear is not a very productive in a negative adverse situation it's just not a good emotion so people i read in history people who said yeah i know that there's Three hundred thousand of them, and fifty of us. You know, uh, Thermopylae, the the um, uh, the Greeks. You know, okay. There's fifty thousand. Actually, it was a million Persians on the other side of, of the pass. Right. And what did they say? Did they say we we better start running real fast? Right. No, they said let's find the narrowest place in the in the pass, right. and we'll fight them there because then we'll only have to fight fifty at a time. so that's when you read enough history you begin to understand that there are some fundamentals just like i said you know if you really want to understand it's basically simple you got to have the right attitude you have to pay attention that's the attention right so the greeks at Thermopylae said okay where's the (laughs) narrowest place in because we can't fight a million persians because there's only 300 of us well why don't we make it so we're only fighting 50 of them at a time that's it that's that's logic that so those kind of things. I also like military history, and that's a, that's another reason why resiliency is um, is, is second nature to me, yeah. because military history is actually very surprisingly. You know, people make fun of the military, but the military is the only thing in the world where if you make mistakes, people die. Yeah, and so what you need to pay attention to what because they say you know it's a lot of machinery and bureaucracy and yeah yeah it is, but in the end it's very simple right rule number one don't die. That's the military. Was it Patton's great, great uh, speech? You know, it, I, it's not your job um, to die for your country. It's your job to make sure the Germans die for their country. Yeah. Again, simple, right? What's the attitude? I'm, I'm not surviving. I'm doing something. I'm doing something forceful and effective. So I have to credit history, uh, my love of history, and the fact that there are some lessons. And if you pay attention to history, it's like this. even this pandemic for a moment. People are concerned about the pandemic. This is the pandemic. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Yeah. I hate the word unprecedented personally because the word unprecedented means two things. One, you obviously don't read enough, right? <laughs> you know, you're not paying attention. And number two, it gives you an excuse not to act or not to, to do something. You, know, you, you make yourself powerless when you say things are unprecedented.
0: Like, yeah, it's like, like, you know, and it, it's like it never happened before. So you know, nobody could know what to do. Nobody could know because you know, so I can't you're off
1: the hook. Yeah But the truth is that if you do in fact study history, if you do pay attention What you find is that there is nothing that we haven't faced before Right. Nothing. Nothing people talk about the pandemic Okay, well, you know, I I grew up in the 1950s and um, we were 15 minutes away from nuclear oblivion
0: Right. Right
1: You're scared to get the the COVID and and go in the hospital. I'm scared of the universe ending. That was a palpable, real, daily fear, right? People felt it, right? People felt polio. When I was a kid, I was in Argentina, polio was frightening because it could hit you and your kid and your heart, your lungs stop. And so when you look at that and you say, Oh, the pandemic of COVID nineteen. Oh, so unprecedented. And then you kind of look at him and say, "You never heard of the Black Black Death? <laughs> you, know, you never heard of the original plague, <laughs> right? You, you never heard of the Civil War where <laughs> six hundred thousand Americans died? I mean, you know, when you see the perspective, maybe that's what this is all about. It's you know, attitude, action, attitude, attention, and action. It kind of gives you the perspective to take." the steps that take you to resiliency. And if you don't learn from the lessons of others, then brother, you are
0: condemned to going through all that stuff yourself. You, you know, and I, and I love it because you can apply, you know, you can apply what you've just, you know, communicated to any anything in life. And the other thing I like what you highlighted, uh, John, what, what I believe is the difference between humans and other living uh, species is the ability to communicate information across generations and to be able to go back, right, refer back to history to develop a more awareness um, of, of what kind of action and attitude you can develop to to take this life, you know, life challenge. And so that is, I, li- I like that because, you know, it's just, I believe it's important and you just brought it up that, that what makes us as humans unique is our ability to communicate information across generations. And so thanks for... Uh, you know, thanks for bringing that up, but uh, a great concept. So, so have you ever during your journey, during your time, have you ever been afraid of anything where fear actually was, was good for you? <laughs> where you no. reacted? Were you just... No.
1: Well, I guess, he, I guess here's, the, here's the question is if I was just talking my daughters and biologists. So every so often we have these conversations about <laughs> neuroscience and whatnot. I can only imagine what they do. Yes. Well, they're very interesting. Yeah, but, so, so here's an interesting yeah. thing. There is somewhere in your neural pattern, a thing called the amygdala, right? The amygdala. And the amygdala is, is known as a center of emotions and in particular fear. Right. So here's the interesting thing. Um, I read somewhere that people were identifying, um, you know, different types of people based on the activity in their amygdala. And um, when it was heightened, you know, the presumption was they are being fearful. Now, here's something interesting. This is true of life in general. You can measure something, right? And that's empirical, right? But then you interpret it and that's no longer empirical, right? That's an opinion. That is a prejudice potentially, right? So I look at the amygdala and they they, they say it's a center of fear. And I'm saying, I don't think so. I think the amygdala is a center of um, awareness because if you're out there on a savanna, that's what's going to make you, it's not being afraid is not going to help you. (laughs) Right. Right. Being uh, okay. there's a threat. Okay. What's interesting about that is that you mentioned that history is something that we pass on from generation to generation. What's even more interesting is uh, there's a concept called epigenetics Okay, so your DNA is whatever it is, right? So uh, let's just let's. I keep going to Poland because it's the best example I have, right? So if we have had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years over many, 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 many generations of threat that we survived, it would seem logical to me that number one, the DNA of Poles would be of those who survived, right? Natural selection, right? The weaklings don't right? The fearful ones don't. The ones who, you know, collapse and can't, man, can, they, they die. They are eliminated from the population. So number one, you have a population of people who have the DNA of resiliency already. Epigenetics says basically that outside stresses, your circumstances can trigger that DNA in different ways. And that, strangely enough, so like, like of a, a generation of Polish people survives conflict. That epigenetic impact on their DNA lasts for anywhere between three to five generations. So it becomes like a genetic thing almost. And you know you look at polls, you're talking about you know five, six, seven, eight hundred years of that generation after generation. So if we look to look at what we need to do, history you can take yourself into on your own, right So that's that's your journey. If you choose to take history, you will have that but some people can learn from the you know genetics of their families yeah. those who survive those who are their countries those who you know, have a natural resiliency not everybody does um, not every country does not every people's does so just to build on that you know it's not just reading history it's it's looking at who you are and where you're from and who you're from and if you take less listen my father you know poor guy had a nice middle-class life in poland along comes the war Uh, He stands five years in the German BOW camp. They were going to kill him on the day his camp was liberated The SS was coming at the other end of the camp to shoot them all They survived five years every day being told by the Nazis you will not leave here alive And they meant it clearly right direct orders from Himmler Five days before the end of the war shoot all these guys so he then started another life that life fell apart Right? Because of a, a, a revolution. He ends up in America. He's starting at the bottom of the ladder. He took a factory job. Right. What kept him together? I never heard him complain about anything. You know? So in fact, that's the interesting thing is whenever I feel really bad for myself, I look at my parents. My mother was basically going to be a sex slave. She was going to be um, carrying babies for blonde, blue-eyed German Nazis because she was a blonde, blue-eyed pole. Right. So that, that was going to be her fate. She was one of the happiest people I ever met. Well, my mom was kind of flaky, but, that, but that's another story altogether. But you know, that's resiliency, right? So something happens to me, no matter how bad it is, does it compare to five years in the POW camp under daily threat of death? Right? So we have, all of us have something in our backgrounds, all, in our families, something that we're aware of, whatever it is, if we tap into that, and if, then if, God forbid, if we layer on the intellectuals pursuit of history, then we become incredibly more capacitous of resiliency. Remember I said that's awareness, that's attention, right? Attitude and attention, but you got to take the steps. You got to do the work. You got to make it from, I know this, to this is what I'm doing and this is how it gets done.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you heard from John, it's a choice. And he just provided, I believe, a, a, a wonderful concept, if you will, uh, to to help you accurately think through life challenges while living, John, do you have any closing remarks or any any advice you can leave the listeners and viewers?
1: Tomorrow is another day. I think uh,
0: you know, and, and the
1: movie said it well in that regard. Tomorrow is always another day. It's it's amazing how even children feel bad. Uh, because they don't realize that tomorrow is another day. If you you get through enough really bad things, you eventually realize it's not the end of the world each time. Eventually it will be one, you'll you'll go to sleep and that'll be bad. But but I think that's it. If I can say anything to anybody is just remind yourself that tomorrow is another day. It's another set of opportunities. Resiliency is about saying, I'm going to make the most of that day
0: and doing what needs to be done. Nice, nice. And how can people, how can listener viewers follow, find you, uh, your book, if they want to buy, you know, your book? You're an author. Tell us how can we find John <laughs> Krubsky. In that, I can tell you in one word: just type
1: Krubsky into a search engine, and there'll be a lot of places and hits. There's also a Krubsky.com. There's also the institute, but. It's as simple as that. Uh, One of the interesting things about being me is my last name is extremely uncommon. So if you get it right and you spell it K R U B S K I,
0: (laughs) the odds are I'm going to show up in that search. (laughs) You got good SEOs, my friend. Well, genetic. Yeah. but uh you know so ladies and gentlemen again if you want to listen to this episode and download it go on apple podcast you can also go on spotify and google as well and then if you want to watch this episode go to my youtube channel and subscribe put in the search engine mario p fields youtube it'll pop up and subscribe and watch it but until next time we'll see you guys later thank you for listening to unarmored talk podcast subscribe at www.unarmoredtalk.com to receive information on the release of upcoming episodes unarmored talk podcast is sponsored by global inspirational speakers llc a inspirational speakers bureau that connects inspirational speakers to the world